Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 16. In the final part of our fish series, we're wrapping up our thoughts and then announcing the next series. Salutations, my father. Hi, Steph. Good to talk to you again. We're not in the same room this time, so, you know, I can't talk about any eyeshadow. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, and I have a cat in the room with me, so hopefully, you know, all things will go well, but it's all right. It's good to hear your voice, and this has been a long series uh, full of topics we will definitely continue to explore. but I thought it would be worth laying out the five gospel foundations of fish all in one place again. Uh, what is fish? How does each part relate to discipleship? I'm just thinking like a sentence each. Yeah, no problem. So the uh, fish model is anchored in five elements of the gospel. So the idea is the gospel is not just you know a pass into heaven. It's actually the foundation for the way we live. So the first is that we die with Christ so that we can be set free from what enslaves us. And the idea is that we can't expect to move forward in our Christian journey if we're stuck. So dealing with freedom issues is going to be a part of our journey for you know the, our entire life here on earth. The second is that we are raised with Christ, and we are raised with him to a new identity. And that new identity is encapsulated in the uh, new covenant and the, all of the things that are covenantally true about us in Christ. And also the idea that we are made in the image and likeness of God, that he put some things that are like himself into our hearts. And so that's also part of our identity is learning to understand how he uniquely wired us. Uh, the third element is uh, to be born of the Spirit. So we're, we die with Christ, we're raised with Christ, we're born of the Spirit. We are born of the Spirit so that we can learn to walk in the Spirit. So again, Christian life without the Spirit is living in the flesh, and that does just doesn't work. So we got to learn how to how to do that. Then H stands for heart-focused community. And one of the reasons we put heart-focused in front of it is that uh, almost every church you know, says we do community. Um, but what is the difference between just doing community, making sure people are in small groups, and actually doing community at a heart-focused level? And in, in our way of looking at that, heart-focused means we're dealing with freedom issues. We're dealing, helping people remember who they are, grow in their sense of identity, and learn and practice walking in the Spirit. Learn how and practice walking in the Spirit. So all those things are parts of it. And these things then bring us to um, the, the mission of the gospel, and that is sharing this good news with other people. And we see uh, that fish is you know, definitely part of the mission in a lot of ways. One, it's it's the message itself is, would you like freedom? You know, because there's freedom in Christ. Would you like to really know who you are and what you've been put here on this world to do? Well, that's identity. Do you want to learn how to live a more spiritual life where you're in touch with with God's spirit directly? He said, well, you know, that's Christianity. Do you want to live in, in community with a, a family that uh, looks after each other? That Again, that's Christianity. So it's what we offer. It's the foundation of what we do and why we do it. So uh, that was maybe longer than you wanted, but fish is freedom, identity, spirit, heart-focused community, and then we go into mission uh, on the basis of that. Oh, that was perfect. Thank you so much. Um, and and feeding into that, I 
I don't want the series to end without us looking closer at the role of maturity in discipleship. So all of I, I think this is a, a key factor that um, applies to to each part of of fish and mission that uh, we don't want to neglect talking about. So could you give us a brief definition of maturity? I know this yeah. is a huge <laughs> someday we'll probably do a whole maturity series, but. Um, yeah, no, I you know it, it sounds a little bit daunting, but you know the uh, so I look at it two ways. One is uh, the spiritual way, and the other is the brain science way. So the spiritual way, I just look maturity is the fruit of the spirit, and that is you know the more loving I am, the more mature I am, the more joy I uh, I'm able to live with, you know, the more peace, the more gentleness, you know, self control, all those things. That's maturity. In the brain science way, maturity can be defined, described basically as living in a whole-brained life. It's like I'm not, you know, I'm not stuck in the back of my brain. I'm not stuck in, in one half of my brain. I'm living a whole-brain life. So the characteristics that come out of that is that as we use rare, right? And that is remain relational, act like yourself, return to joy, and endure hardship well. And that you can tell how mature you are by how much hardship it takes before you stop being relational, stop acting like yourself and turn into somebody else. And also how much does it take before you just can't bounce back? And so that's a, that's a sign of our maturity. So maturity is directly related to our emotional capacity. Wow. Thank you. So can you talk a little bit about the five stages of maturity development, according to our friends at Life Model Works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, uh, so we start with uh, I'll just name them first: infant, child, adult, parent, and elder. Now, there's technically a sixth stage, and that's the in utero stage, right? Now, from conception to birth, there's development going on, but we're going to be focusing on you know those the the other five, and. <clears throat> The idea here is if you take that concept of enduring hardship well, well, infants can't endure hardship at all, right? So every negative emotion an infant feels, the child will turn into a different person, right? They can't, they don't remain relational. They don't act like themselves. They completely fall apart, right? And so what infants are really good at is, is kind of whining and fussing and complaining and crying and letting you know that they are not happy. And so it's our job in dealing with infants to, kind of read what's going on and take care of them because they have no capacity to take care of themselves. So when we think about infant level maturity, the idea is that if trauma keeps me stuck so that I don't progress out of that, I can be 70 years old and I still function like an emotional infant where I can't ask for what I need. I can't tell you what's wrong. I can just kind of fuss and whine and pout and shout and get angry and shut down and blow up and all these things. And, and I'm expecting you to do something about that and fix the problem. That's a classic infant level maturity. So, you know, if we go up to the child level, then, uh, when I get to be uh, like, say, ages four to twelve, uh, at this point, I'm I now have vocabulary. I can use my words. So one of the tasks I've got to do is learn how to put words with my emotions. Like, what is this feeling I'm having right now? And learning how to distinguish that. So I need help with that. I need people to help me learn how to identify what my emotions are, how I regulate those emotions. And I need a whole lot of coaching, a whole lot of help as I am learning in the child stage to regulate my own emotions. So the infant can't regulate them at all. They're completely dependent. So we say they need external regulation. Children, we're co-regulating. And that is we need help. We need somebody to work with us and teach us how to do this. 
Then we get to the adult stage, and the idea is that we should be well-practiced by the time we become adults in regulating our own emotions. We should be uh, uh, have had a lot of help and thus able to um, feel a lot of different emotions but not get overwhelmed by them so that we can feel these emotions and still be relational when they happen, still act like ourselves when they happen, not turn into a different person. Um, and so what happens, just pausing there for a moment, when you go infant, child, adult, what keeps that stuff from happening is not usually that people just make a choice. I don't want to become a child. I'm going to stay an infant, right? That's not what's happening. It's that there is trauma in their life that has kept them from progressing. And uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. But there are um, anything that keeps me from developing maturity is traumatizing, whether it is something bad that happens to me or it is something good that I miss out on. And so that's what uh, – uh, just wanted to point that out here. One of the reasons we're taking such a deep dive on this on in the fish model is that the purpose of discipleship is to help people move from infant-level Christianity to child-level Christianity to adult-level Christianity. And then we want to move to parent-level, right? And at parent-level, what we're doing is now we're at a point where we've been living a you know relatively successful Christian life for a while ourselves, and we're ready to pass this on to somebody else. We are ready to be a mentor to someone else. Uh, that's parent level. Um, because I have parent level maturity, I am now ready to be sacrificial and passing these songs, things on to other people. And then at elder level maturity, what we're looking at is people who are actually carrying the weight of the community, um, not just helping an individual person carry the weight of their life, but we are um, kind of, you know, collectively helping the community navigate all the hard things that go on in this life. Um, and feel like there's people there with the emotional capacity and the wisdom to deal with it and to help everybody um, do that. So you can see why um, you can see why churches really need a lot of elder level um, people and why they need parent level people, because um, it's the parents and the elders who are really passing on Christianity to the next generation. Yeah, we need that multi-generational community, not only in in year ages, but also in maturity, emotional maturity ages. Um, that's huge. So why can you expand more on why it's important to understand these five stages of maturity when considering discipleship? I don't know if you want to take it from each level or but Yeah, so um I find that most churches uh have a kind of a flat discipleship agenda. And that is that they're really just targeting targeting one of these developmental areas and they don't realize it because they don't have the model in front of them. So some churches are really good at helping infants, right? They're really helping good at helping people cross that line into salvation and then helping these infants get, you know, started. And then there's other churches that are really good with child level discipleship. Right, child level discipleship is let me show you how to do this. Let me explain the facts to you. Learn the learn the content and learn some skills. So that's like child level discipleship. And then there's other churches that are more adult level. And that is, all right, let's let's teach you how to take care of yourself. Let's teach you how to uh, live an adult level life. And so what tends to happen is that a lot of people will leave churches because they don't feel like they're getting fed. Right? They don't feel like there's anything here for me. And when they say that, sometimes it's because they're adults and they're in a church that's targeting infants and children. And sometimes it's because they're infants and children and they're in a church that's targeting adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's uh, 
it's hard. That's why the discipleship process needs to kind of have these five levels in mind, because the way that I, you know, the way that a mentor and somebody at infant level maturity is going to be different than the way we mentor someone who's at adult level maturity. And when it comes to, you know, parents, they need each other. You know, we are a support group for one another uh, as we go through this. And elders, you know, you need people who've been there, done that, that you can run things by and say, what's your experience been? You know, can you help me with this? Give me some perspective. So all so you don't necessarily have a discipleship program for, you know, parents and elders. They're the ones doing the discipleship, but they they need each other. They need greater equipping. Uh, so they can do an even better job and uh, they need the community of support so they don't feel all alone in it. Yeah. Let's continue this conversation by talking about your dreams for fish applied to a ministry model, like cast or vision. What, what does, what does this look like practically or what would you love to, how would you yeah. love to see people buy it? So one of the dreams is that, you know, I could visit any, any church in America. Let's start there. And then eventually it's, this is worldwide. But let's just say I could visit any church in America and know that this church is going to have some processes in place to help me on my freedom journey. They're going to have, you know, prayer ministers there who can pray with me about emotional healing stuff. They're going to have people who understand spiritual warfare who can help me with some of the battles I'm facing. They're going to there's going to be people there who are uh who can get at root level issues and uh I love to see that just be norm the norm for every church in America. Same thing that every, every church you, you walk into, everybody knows their identity in Christ, right? It's not something we're teaching. We have to teach constantly as a new amazing thing, but it's like, this is, this is the foundation on which every church is building. Um, same thing with walking in the spirit that uh, teaching conversational prayer, teaching people uh, what the difference is between walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh, how we learn to recognize the spirits leading in our lives, practicing those things, that that's normal. You know, the, <clears throat> I grew up in a church where that was not normal, right? I was in my thirties before I had any kind of concept in my mind about the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. The way I was raised, you know, it was basically obedience equal walking in the spirit, which, I mean, you could be a legalist and do that. So it wasn't very helpful. Um, so that's part of the dream is that this, that what we're talking about is so, routine, so normal that everybody does it. And that uh, it's hard to imagine walking into a church that doesn't do these things. Same with heart-focused community, that uh, that I can come there and I'm going to find my people and I'm going to be able to, to connect. And, and you've had this experience, I have too, you know, you even going overseas and feeling like you found your people and you could connect to this church uh, from day one and feel like you're a part of what's going on because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. But I've also been to churches where it was like, you know, <laughs> banging your head against the wall to try to make a connection. And uh, so we really need to um, need that as well. And then uh, I believe that mission will have to flourish, right? If all of these things are taking place, that our that mission is just going to be the natural outgrowth of all of these things. Uh, yeah, I also have, yeah. like, yeah. So I could talk more about mission and joy and that sort of thing, but it's uh, – Oh, I, I would love for you to do that. I was also just thinking, you know, we, we've had people before want you to start, like start a deeper walk church, you know, or things like that. And while that idea has merit, I think what your dream is, is something much bigger than having a, a deeper walk church or a denominational church or something that's your, your dream is that, yeah, everyone would 
adopt this, even if it wasn't, they don't have to say the words deeper walk, <laughs> you know? They don't have to say, yeah, they don't have to call themselves a deeper walk church. They don't have to use the words fish, right? Uh, it, mm-hmm. The point is that, but that these concepts are, are present. Normative, yeah. They're normative, right? We want it to become the norm in churches everywhere. And, you know, again, the part of the challenges that that is that are so often people are like, I can't find a church like this. I can't find a church where I can get help on my freedom journey. I can't find a church that's got this kind of community. I can't. So there's a lot of people frustrated. That's why people are saying, why don't you start one? And I'm like, well, the goal here is, first of all, I'm not sure I'm the perfect pastor who could just create, you know, it, it's, there's no one pastor who can create this. Right. This mm-hmm. is this is all about community. It's about people working together and growing. What we're trying to do is just give people a model and uh, kind of a, a path to to go on. You know, that's why we call it staying on the trail, right? So on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so give the individual some hope here. Um, we're we're talking about you know finding a church, um, but how about an individual's path? navigating all of this. (laughs) So the individual needs, part of this is to help individuals uh, assess where they're at and try to figure out if I'm feeling stuck in my journey, why? And usually it's because one or more of these issues is not being addressed. Either I am not dealing with freedom issues. There's root issues that I am not dealing with, or I don't know my identity in Christ. So I'm living like somebody who's got to earn love from God. You know, something like that, or I'm living like somebody who is unlovable. Uh, but uh, if I so identity in Christ is often a big uh, reason why we feel stuck. Maybe I'm trying to do Christianity in the flesh and not in the spirit, and that could be a reason I'm stuck. So what we're trying to do is give people a grid. Like, am I all alone in here? Am I trying to do it through self effort? Am I just trying to be more disciplined, or or am I with people that I enjoy being with and that we're on this journey together and we help each other grow? And even mission, it's a lot of times, you know, once we get involved in in mission and get outside of ourselves and helping other people, uh, it helps our our Christianity go to another level. Yeah. Well, and I just think back to our discussion about maturity and, you know, every area, you know, people have different, you know, scalable skills of um, where we're at um, in our walking with the spirit and our community and our belonging or, um, and our joy. And, um, I think that, yeah, part of an individual's transformation plan or, you know, agenda there is, is figuring out what skills am I missing or what skills do I have, but could be improved (laughs) or, um, what people do I want to have in my life and where can I find them? But. Yeah, no. I said one of the questions uh, someone asked me one time was, "Who name three people you need in your life this year if you want to be the best version of yourself?" Like, you know, can you find three people? You say, "All right, here's three people that I know that if these people were in my life, I think I could uh, be the best version of myself this year." And uh, you know, kind of start there. You know, and and so like a lot of my community is in my home church, but a lot of my community is also spread all out all over the world because <laughs> we, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you can connect with people just like we're doing right now. And mm-hmm. uh, and it helps to know that there's people who know you that you could talk to that you can connect with. So we need both. Yeah. So next episode, we're going to be launching our new series. We're going to be talking about worldview. What is a biblical worldview? How does worldview relate to culture and more? I'm so excited. I love this topic. Um, But for now, 
Um, I want first to give a quick conference promo for our conference that is coming in mid-October. Um, do you want to just tell people real quick what to expect from that? And then if people are listening to it after the fact, you can still go listen to recordings. So, but absolutely. No, they'll, we'll have recordings available. This. So this is like a name your own price event, which means, uh, we have a posted price, but if it's too much for you, just pay what you can. And, uh, this is called a deeper walk conference. So it's, uh, I'm going to be teaching from, uh, the book that just came out. And I'm also go, going to be teaching with Judy Dunnigan, who is on our board, whose father was the founder of this ministry. And she has a new book called The Loudest Roar. And Judy has some uh, wonderful principles in here from Scripture, talking about prayer, talking about living out of the victory that is ours in Christ. Um, and so this is going to be a hybrid conference. You can come in person. If you come in person, it's going to be at LifePoint Community is it community church? There's Life Point Church. Life Point Church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Life Point Church. Yeah, yeah. Life Point Church in Westfield, Indiana. And uh, uh but it's also available uh online. That's why it's a hybrid event. So if you want to sign up to take it online, you can even sign up and watch it after the fact. But uh if you want to come in person, it's a great opportunity to be in that, you know, deeper walk of culture and and see your uh kind of see people who are on a common journey with you and connect. And it's uh, always fun to be there in person. So this is a deeper walk conference uh, with Judy Dunnigan and myself. Huzzah. I'm so excited for it. Um, so for this, for this episode, but also for this series, do you have any final thoughts, any closing thoughts that you want to leave us with about fish and heart-focused discipleship? Well, you know, my, uh, my goal was that just like there was a, a, uh, diagram for the gospel, like the bridge diagram that you could share on an app can explain uh, how to become a Christian to somebody. I wanted a model that you could write out simply and explain kind of concisely and simply, this is what discipleship is all about. This is what we, what has to be happening, you know, if we're going to go deeper in our walk with God. And so uh, I hope that people will understand that this is also meant to be a lifelong process, right? I'm, I'm constantly working on freedom. I'm constantly growing my capacity to live out of my identity. I'm growing in my walk of the Spirit and my understanding of Scripture, right? All of these things are lifelong processes. They're foundations on which we build. So hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully it's been a model that makes sense and that uh, you can get excited about. I'm excited. (laughs) Thank you, Father. And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the Deeper Walk podcast and share with your friends. You can find more at our website, deeperwalkinternational.org. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.